Hello and welcome to this fourth episode of the CoLab cast from our studios in Clearwater, Florida. I am Executive Director Christina Baker and I am really excited to share today's guest with you. So let's jump on in. I'm gonna jump say on on. I'm gonna on say in. your name right. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Andrea Ribeiro. Pretty close. Ah! Pretty close, Andrea Ribeiro. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's good. No, that's... Andrea Ribeiro. That's good. I did it. Good job. Okay, cool. I'm really excited for this uh, podcast because uh, we're going to talk about solar today as the the overall mm-hmm. umbrella, but we've there's a lot of meat in between that's going to get us there. That's right. So uh, in reading over your bio, um, I chuckled a little bit. You were born in a, on a hippie commune. So I've got to know about that experience. I will be happy to share. Okay. Quite an experience, to be sure. Is that what we're starting, is a hippie commune? I, I want to, but you tell me when I jump ahead. Well, I thought that it would be important, as when I talk to all of my customers, that they get a sense of who I am, because at the end of the day, you know, it's a relationship with you, the company, and the products, and oftentimes their comfortableness with the person that you're working with is the most important at the end Absolutely. of the day. Absolutely. So, um, so yes, uh, my parents were uh, hippies and uh, traveled around. They were at Woodstock, all of that. And I uh, was born on a hippie commune in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. I can remember, I, I was there till I was three. For some reason, I can still remember the process in the spring, because if you're from New England, you understand that springtime is very muddy. So I can remember getting in one Volkswagen bus and driving into the woods until you couldn't drive anymore. We would all pile out and walk around a giant muddy pond and then get into another Volkswagen bus and then drive in. And I can still remember you know, this pond and all these teepees and all that. But as my bio continues, my parents were shunned by my grandparents who said, yet is no place to raise children. So there was two of us at that time. So they bribed them with a down payment on a home, which happened to be a hundred year old schoolhouse in the middle of nowhere in wow. Deerfield, Massachusetts. So, so that's where I grew up, just a country kid, you know, out in rural Massachusetts. And, you know, not just for solar, but, you know, it's interesting to know the dynamics of people's lives. And, you know, I was always born uh, with this desire to do more, and it really bothered my mother in particular. So when it was time to graduate from high school and go to college, I loved school, and I thought that school and education was the one way I would get out of rural New England. Um, I was accepted to Boston University, and at the last minute, something said, I can't go to that big school. My God, Boston's scary. So I went to (laughs) University of Maine. And I've spent most of my adult life in Maine and loved it there until about 10 years ago when I decided that the darkness and the cold weather, like most people who moved to Florida. Absolutely. Uh, and because of COVID and all that, people are moving in droves now. So um, I'm here. I hope I didn't skip anything in the bio you that you found exactly. That was super exciting. <laughs> uh, for, probably something in there else you wanted me to, to go over. But that's how I got to Florida. And um, I can continue with the why I'm in renewable energy. But yeah. Can we, can we take a pit stop? for your military career, Uh, because I am curious about that. Oh, gosh. Okay. So uh, it was actually I joined the Army to get out of a really bad relationship, honestly, because sometimes Mm -hmm. people do drastic things to do that. I had bought a house out of college, and the relationship that I was in was just terrible. So I joined the Army on a whim. It happened to be right before Desert Storm, so I spent four years in the Army during Desert Storm. And how old were you? 23. Wow. 
Yeah, so I was the, I was the oldest, so I got picked on the most because I should have had the most life experiences because <laughs> I was 23. Um, but uh, as it turns out, um, because I see the world in rose-colored glasses, my career during Desert Storm, um, I spent most of the time in Germany and Europe helping um, the, the troops get to the as we used to call it, sand, or the mm. kid, you know, litter box. And um, so my job wasn't all that hard, actually. I transferred money from American money to European money and took them to places and drove on the Autobahn in a Volkswagen bus going 80 miles an hour because that's what they had over there for the Army. So I didn't really have a bad gig, but it was always really difficult to know that you were sending people you know, yeah. into harm's way and you might not ever see them again. So yeah. from that perspective, it was a tough job. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything to have that experience for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you for your service. There is one story about okay, that, though, you'll go. find that it's interesting, is that when I came back, they needed somebody to drive the tank in Augusta, Maine from the armory to the airport um, because they were going to put it on display and it was never going to move again. And I had, I had my tank license from the Army, so I said... Drive a tank across town? Are you kidding? Me, I would me. love to do that. So I have a, I did indeed drive the tank across town. I have pictures of that. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, so there's some fun. That's what that was amazing. So yeah. So there's the military piece was pretty cool. Okay, and then supermarket. You were a manager. I spent ten years. I, you know, customer service has been my thing, and I love retail. So I spent ten years in the supermarket industry. Um, you know, it's a tough one. You work a million hours and yeah. get paid a set amount. So it was, I was frustrated after 10 years of that. And I was at a party and I was telling my friends, you know, this is just not really my thing. And someone off the cuff, probably there was a lot of alcohol involved, said, you know, why don't you go work with cars? Why don't you go sell cars? You love cars. You love people. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go do that? And I thought, that's true. I do love cars and I do like working with people. So I remember going into a car dealership and said, listen, I don't have any experience. I work really hard and I like people. Do you think you'd hire me? And they were like, well, okay. And uh, I spent 20 plus years in that. And it's, it's tough though when I, when I combine that with renewable energy, because when people think cars, they think sleazy salespeople, take advantage of them. Um, I did very well in the car business, but I did it exactly the opposite, which is to listen to what the customer needed. And if they came in for a minivan, I didn't sell them a two-seater convertible. Um, there were times when guys would do that. And then they'd come back a week later saying, my wife says, if you don't get rid of this convertible, um, we're going to be divorced. So um, I, I did it the right way and tried yeah. to help families. And I, love um, I was very successful uh, doing that. I'd be, you know, from a salesperson to a sales manager to running a big family-run dealership. So, Where so was it was great that? in Portland. In Maine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was a great experience. I loved it. I've driven just about every car and I love all of them. So yeah. it's true. That is my, that is my love. But when I moved to Florida, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that gets that. Okay. What am I, what difference am I making in my life? What, what could I do that would really be more of a win-win? Cause you know, you sell an automobile, it's metal, rubber, plastic, but we all know they go to the junk heap and they're mm. worthless after you buy You're not worthless after they buy them, but there's certainly a depreciation piece. And it wasn't serving my soul, really, what I wanted to do. So I um, <clears throat> had gotten an opportunity to look at solar, and I thought, well, gosh, Sunshine State, solar. I'd always been interested in renewable energy. I you know, do believe that we have a responsibility to take care of the planet that we're on. It always bothers me how much, you know, being a kid from the 60s and 70s, we didn't really think much about trash. You threw it out in the woods, you threw it wherever, you know, and people didn't really 
concern themselves so much to that. But, you know, even in the political climate we're in now, the governor of Florida is, uh, has, has set aside a billion dollars with a B to work on the structure of the, all the ocean front properties, et cetera. So even whether you believe in global warming or not, there are examples on either side of the street of we got to do something. Absolutely. Things are happening. So um, maybe it's the one thing that could bring us all together. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> wouldn't that be very exciting if there was actually yes. something to bring together? You know, be, um, and yes, and there's lots. So there's lots of misinformation about it. So um, so I got involved in solar almost uh, six years ago, and really wanted to be a student of the of the industry and student of the product. It's not. There are plenty of people who will put. Um, equipment on people's roofs and help them, um, but it's to be able to do it the right way and it makes sense for the family. And let's not kid ourselves, in today's uh, environment, it's crazy. It, I mean, if you look at just, I know gas prices seems to be the one thing people talk about, but, you know, gas prices even in 2001 went up 165%, and no one seems to care. And and electricity is going to do the same thing. I mean, all of our factories, we have the oldest electrical infrastructure in the world. The best, you know, one of the best, but also the oldest. Where are all of our electrical plants? They're all near the water. They need water for those turbines. Mm. Where are we all moving to? Near water. the water. I mean, Florida is being, COVID didn't help. Uh, or helped, depending on what you're thinking about, when you're stuck in the downtown Chicago in a million-dollar apartment, and when COVID happens, you can't eat, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, but you can buy a house in Florida for a fraction of that, and you can go wherever you need yeah. to and get outside and get some fresh air. The The amount of development here in Florida is out of out of control, really. They're not even keeping up with the roads and mm -hmm. things. If you don't think that's true, go to Wesley Chapel sometime <laughs> and try to get off of the highway. <laughs> Um, cause that used to be just a cow field back in not too long ago, yeah. actually. Um, so it, it's really something we need to take a look at. And, um, I mean, they're talking about now how 75% of families can't pay their medical bills right mm -hmm. now. So we've got to pay attention to what of our expenses are. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is actually the environment where all of those things will come together and we can actually talk in agreement. At least one thing. What would be, right? you know. If okay. we could solve world peace in this podcast, that would be, I mean. Yes, big goals. I love it. Especially in the number four, right? right. <laughs> so let me rewind a little bit to actually before we kind of hit record and you were talking about the right way and the wrong way to do solar and how, um, you know, it's fairly easy to get a license to install solar. So walk me through that as a consumer. So uh, in... We're in 31 states. I uh, work for Legacy Power. Um, we are a national brand. In some states, a solar company is utility company because what are you doing? You're, you're supplying electricity. By That by nature is the definition of what a utility company would be. Here in Florida, the only companies that can be labeled as utility companies are the monopolies or the companies that are existing utility companies. So because of that, anyone with an electrician's license and a contractor's license can put solar on your roof. Now, I go through neighborhoods. This is just one example. I go through neighborhoods, and I always talk to folks who have solar on their house. Mm. This is an actual true story of a homeowner who had solar on his house, and I said, so how did it go? And he said, well, it was a little rough in the beginning because they came to put solar on my roof, but they didn't have a ladder. I said, what? well, they didn't have a ladder. How did they get on your roof? He said, well, they backed the box truck up, and then they climbed onto the box truck. Oh my. And I said, 
uh, did they have other tools? He said, well, I had to loan them some other tools. And I said, oh, my. I, you know, and I can be a little on the blunt side. I said, you know, at, didn't you stop them at that point? I mean, uh, it's sort of like yeah. a contractor coming to redo your bathroom. Like, can I borrow a hammer? <laughs> I mean, uh, it seems so shocking, but he, he, you know, he's, and then it's still not hooked up. I mean, it, you've got a lot of hoops to jump through to get it connected to the grid because you can't be off the grid here. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that are done and done that well. And I'm not saying small mom and pop companies aren't, you know, doing great job. There are some certainly that are. But when you're talking about your electricity and it's working, uh, it's got to, it either works or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, then you are owning equipment and mm -hmm. you're paying your, your local utility. And no one likes their electric bill. Imagine having two of them. Wow. So it's, it's that part of it um, that is really concerning to us. And we want to be able to help families understand all the dynamics of it because there's a lot to it. But there's also a lot of benefit. I mean, the federal government is paying 26% of your electricity for the next 40 years. That's where I was going next. I mean, why, and that's, yeah. this is the last year for that maximum tax credit. And that tax credit was actually extended by the previous presidential uh, group. Let's just call them the previous presidential okay. group. How's that? Fair enough. All right. Um, but uh, <laughs> he actually, you know, pushed that forward to continue that maximum tax credit, and that this is the last year for that. But so it started. Did it start at thirty, mm -hmm. and then went to twenty six, mm -hmm. and then it got extended. Mm -hmm. So, so forty years. Mm -hmm. It's going to be twenty six percent. No, no, no. That's okay. The, I was like, no, what? no, no, no. It's it's this is the last year for twenty six percent. Okay. Then yeah, it goes I'm just saying to... that they're paying twenty six percent of your electricity of the next forty years. Gotcha. The solar okay. systems are designed to last forty years. Or at least I gotcha. the ones that we do. So but that tax credit is available to anyone. It's not a rich person. It's not a sure. poor person. It's there and available for any for everyone. And certainly, I don't know if you've ever gotten in the mail a listing of all the federal programs that are available to you as an American citizen, and the you know so you could take advantage of them. Mm. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> uh, so, um, and and solar. Um, if we if we look if we look scientifically at a product the bell curve of a, of a product. There's the early adopter stage of mm. products. Apple's probably my favorite one to describe that. When the iPhone first came out, I'm an early adopter. I love technology and I love to learn something new. So when the iPhone first came out, I stood in line for it. And my friends who were all, as I used to call them, Crackberry people, they were so mad at me. I was disowned, you know, they had stock in Motorola. They just like Blackberry, Blackberry, Blackberry. I said, that's okay, I wanna try this iPhone. And then I found myself over time teaching people because then you're in that stage of education, right? I mean, that's why Apple used to do the experience. You couldn't buy a single Apple anything unless you went to their store right. and they educated you on how it worked and the Apple way, so to speak. They understood the dynamics of getting to know the product and learn it. And then after that, now you can get an iPhone, literally, I think you probably can get them at a gas station. Mm. I mean, Walmart <laughs> has them. If you said to someone, what's an iPhone? You're not gonna find anyone, I don't think, that if they don't know what an iPhone is, they probably, don't use you know modern communication, I guess, is right. the only way I could describe that. So solar is in that still education point. There's going to be a tipping point at some point where you know everybody knows what it is in the state of Florida, and you'll just call up a number and someone will do it. But at that time, by the time that happens, there are a whole host of other, pro other things and, and restraints that will make it so not everybody can take advantage of that. And one of those is called grid cap. You know, the, the utility companies have legislatively made it so that they can only only so many families in a community can go solar. Because if you think about that, when you have solar on your home, I'm gonna be super high tech, you ready for okay, this? Okay, let's go. You, you have solar on your house. 
let's say during the course of the day, you use 75 kilowatts of electricity for the washer, the dryer, the air conditioning, all of that. But you make 100 kilowatts. Mm -hmm. So 75 you use, you've got 25 that you haven't used. Where does that go? It goes in the bank. Which is the grid, goes right. through that meter, goes right. out to, to Duke, right. et cetera. And then, again, for in, in easy math, let's say at nighttime you use a lot less electricity. You're not, you know, washer, dryers, all that. So let's say you use 25 electricity, kilowatts of electricity at night. Where are you going to get that from? The next day. You'll get, no, day. you'll get it You get it from the 25 that you sent right. through the grid. You pull your own electricity yeah. back, okay. dollar for dollar, kilowatt for kilowatt. Okay. So in essence, you've used zero from Duke. Yep. But they're, all of their transformers and things in the neighborhoods are all in these neighborhoods handling what size it is. And if you think about Florida neighborhoods, especially down here in Pinellas and Pasco County and Hillsborough County, they've grown, right? There used to be a little, now there's a cul-de-sac here, et cetera. Those transformers are designed to handle a fixed amount of electricity flowing through them. But if you're sending them extra and your neighbor's sending them extra, eventually um. they'll have to put in bigger transformers to be able to handle all it. They're not doing that. Right. I mean, what business owner wants to lose customers <laughs> and then have to buy more equipment to lose right. more customers? Right. So they call that grid cap. So once that happens, the only way for someone to get solar is you'd have to be able to store, have enough storage at your home to be able to handle all that. And storage and batteries and all of that is, st is available, but we're at a point where that's very expensive, doesn't last 40 years you need a lot of them still right in order to handle especially what we like the most down here in florida is ac and you need a good chunk of a battery to be able to run that so so that's just one of the dynamics that make it difficult uh for families to and i'm sorry that's my watch i didn't mean to make my i forgot that my watch was on it's gonna make those crazy <laughs> noises um we're real here though aren't we? we are we're real live <laughs> um so, so as far as getting from the education stage to where everybody just knows it's a no-brainer, there will be some people who have sort of missed the boat, if mm -hmm. you will. So, so misconceptions. Um, we put solar in at our house maybe f three, four years ago now. And I can tell you one of my misconceptions uh, was I thought, man, we're going to get solar and then we'll have power on when there's a hurricane. And no. That's not it's, the case. It's, it's one of the, you know, that's legislatively based. People don't realize that, but um, that you can't go off the grid here. So if you could. Even with a battery? You're still not off the grid. They won't let you. They won't you, let you. No, it's a safety you can issue. Have, you can have a battery that will handle that, but you're still on the grid and electricity goes in that direction. There is a way. So the problem with, uh, and it, that's unfortunate, and that's one of the things that you don't get told oftentimes. Right. People, I can't tell you how many times they're like, oh, when the power goes out, Mom, I'm going to have a... No, no. <laughs> and the reason for that is this. As you're sending that extra electricity to the grid, you're making whatever, and what you're not using goes out directly to Duke. When the power goes out, if you're continuing sending power, you're going to electrocute whoever's working Understood, on the line. So they yeah. stop that. Mm -hmm. But there is technology to be able to use that, tech, that extra... One is the easiest is a battery. Mm -hmm. The other um, is to be able to, you could run a generator with that extra electricity. They will not let you do it. Right. And it's against the law and all the things that will happen. You lose the warranty on your solar. Um, there's, it's just technology and it's yeah. just legislation. Okay. I mean, Duke doesn't want you off the grid. But yes, a battery would solve that. And there's a couple, when you look at um, solar and batteries and not ha and having power when the power goes out, there are two separate roads, and I try to share that with folks. If you're looking to control your costs, which is the big one right now, stuff is out of control. 
there is no reason why you should be paying. And if you don't think Duke's rates or any of the utilities rates are going to go up with gas prices going up and all the things going up. It's what, 4 to 8% a year or something like that's that? That's just their normal. Right. Um, Florida Power has been bought out by a company called Next Era Energy. Next Era Energy wants to buy Duke. Um, Florida Power's rates are going have this year will go up twenty three point nine percent. Whoa! And the reason for that is Next Era Energy knows that electric that electricity the way we see electricity must change. We are behind the eight ball about solar and wind and water and all of that. We have to head in that direction. Why do you think we're fighting in the Ukraine right now? What is it that the Ukrainian people have mm. that everybody wants? Right is natural resources, and they have a lot. Um, And people have been, countries have been trying to get their natural resources for a very long time, sadly. But that's that's the, why all that fights. So Next Air Energy understands that. Well, who's gonna pay for the infrastructure to change? Mm -hmm. All of us. Mm -hmm. So, um, if so, that's the, that's the rub right now is that we're all going to pay and pay dearly for it. And it's up to every, you know, you, you have a choice, but the point is that most people don't know truly what that choice is. And when you really sit down and figure it out, it's a lot of money. If, if any customer who has your current utility and however long you've been in the house, take that number, add it times the number of months that you paid, it's a huge number. Mm-hmm. And it isn't going down anytime right. soon. So right. the ability to stop the increases and be in control of a really big expense at your home, one is a big deal. And then add to that, you're helping the planet. And we get 2,396 hours of sunlight in Florida a year. Wow. We certainly are the sunshine state. <laughs> yes. That is a big resource that we have. So, so yeah. That's amazing. I know... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Some of the things that we talked about pre-show was setting the story straight so that you've hit on a lot of those topics. Um, anything else that we're missing? I'm sure a lot. Well, the big, the big thing that I try to, what we do at Legacy Power that we're, it's so important to us is to understand the customer and understand your home. Because it's not just, all right, let's take your electricity from, you know, an uncontrollable um, bill that you can never pay off and it is what it is, to a fixed bill that will eventually go away and you're in control of that. But let's look at your home as a whole group. What is it that is that in your home that we can do to do some conservation? We work with um, a group. We call ourselves the uh, Great Green Movement, mm-hmm. and we set monies aside. And, uh, last year we gave out $1.8 million of monies to homeowners for things that could help them with conservation. Some people just need more insulation in the attic will make a huge difference on your bill. Some people are working on getting their AC replaced so we can get some monies toward that. Some people need, you know, new windows. Some people need a new a breaker box, a, pool, a variable speed pool pump. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, there are a lot of small mom and pops or other companies that are, will offer variable speed pool pumps, mm-hmm. but if you already have a variable speed pool pump, I have not offered you anything that's exciting, right? <laughs> right? But so we want to really get to know homeowners and figure out, and we're the experts, right? We're the energy folks. So we go in and do an energy investigation, if you will, and come up with um, a maybe a brochure, or I don't know exactly know what the word is, but just an analysis of what your home looks like. What could we do to improve upon it? Because at the end of the day, if we can make your bill less by making your home more efficient, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we do that? And while you're doing that uh, investigation or audit, you're making those suggestions. And, you know, that's, I found, very helpful 
for homeowners, I'm sure, especially on older homes mm -hmm. and, you know, or somebody that's been in a home for a long time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I haven't replaced, you know, X, Y, Z in 10 years. Right. And a lot of those things. It, and that goes towards them not having to pay for more panels. Correct. So if you can change out and upgrade some of those uh, energy suckers, if you will, mm -hmm. then you don't have to spend as much on the panels. Well, and then there are some other pieces that, you know, everything is about peace of mind as well. You know, you can get a surge protection every month that you can pay for from your utility. Um, good luck trying to get them to pay you if you do have a surge protection because you have to actually prove that was from them and not from, it doesn't cover it if it was lightning. You know, we, we have a very inexpensive total home surge protection that covers $25,000 of whatever happens. Wow. But it's real inexpensive and you pay it once because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have families who say, uh, it's seven. I think I think the Dukes is seven ninety nine a month. I'm like, well, how long have you been paying that? They're like thirty years, and I'm like, yeah, you just well, spent twenty grand. And on so I'm, like, I'm like, okay, have you ever used it? <laughs> no, I ever have. So there's just ways to be more efficient with your money. I know it's peace of mind, um, but you know, you can also have peace of mind by having more money in your wallet and and actually having you know, like EMFs. There's some people who are very sensitive to electromagnetic fields of all the Wi-Fi and all the dirty quote, unquote, dirty electricity that's going through the airways. And we have, you know, we have a, a real sophisticated uh, GGM 3000 that uses the, clears out some of that dirty electricity. For some folks, that's, they really have a sensitivity to that and helps mm -hmm. them sleep, et cetera. So we have the education about that as well. So it's trying to really just figure out, you know, what are the custom customer's hot buttons? What's going on in their home? How can we help? Um, but the what about monitoring? Uh, do you guys, does Legacy monitor uh, or does the customer get an app or? We have, um, we have an app from the very beginning, uh, a Legacy Power app that monitors everything. So you're in complete control and contact with me and the company constantly. So you know exactly where things are going. You have total 24 seven contact with the company and myself, but it also has all of the monitoring things in there. Obviously the company's monitoring it, but you have it as well. So, so you yeah. can look in anytime and say, oh, look, right. panel number one right. is offline and right. you can tell immediately. Right. That is amazing. Isn't yeah, it? it's, it's so cool. It is very cool. And and we, you know. out a little bit. And, and, cool. we guarantee, and we're guaranteeing production as well for 30 years, which is not something you typically hear other companies talk about they all the panels have warranty but it's the production that is the most important at the end of the day because you, you want your electricity being covered that way that's the whole point of it um absolutely supply chain issues you guys experience that along with everybody else no no um you know because we this is going to sound really weird maybe <laughs> but we are an all cash company we are not a finance company okay. or any of that. So oftentimes supply issues are when you can't have the kind of inventory. So no, we make our, we design and make our own equipment specifically. So our supply chain is all in-house and dedicated. So no, haven't had any issues. Batteries are, batteries are an issue, a supply uh, issue. And that's, you know, just like with cars and all yeah. the circuit boards and all the chips and all that. But. What's the ratio, uh, would you say, of customers that get solar and then customers who get batteries? Probably 10% of people get a battery. Yeah, they're still really 10%. pretty 
pretty pricey. Like, they what's are. the cheapest battery? Like, on a, let's uh, say, so a thousand ten, square ten, foot home or something. Well, you're going to need more than one, but if you get a battery so to handle some of your emergency things, so your lights, your Wi-Fi, the garage door, mm -hmm. you know, have, have some fans on, basically eight single pole or eight regular outlets, you know, you're talking ten to $15,000, depending Ooh. on which one that you want, yeah. But for some folks, that's peace of mind, you know, um, to have. And it's harder to have a generator, a, mm. a big generator, because you got to have a place for that tank. It's got to be buried or not buried, you know. But again, you're dealing with natural gas and all of that. So sure. um, you're going to see all that technology change. There's an inverter. An inverter is nothing more that makes switches electricity from what the sun makes to what you, your house can use. There are some inverters coming that will be able to have some storage input. Um, we have inverters in California, for example, um, Duke, which is the elect biggest electric company monopoly around us, uh, is going to time of use, uh, meaning they're going to charge you more depending on when you use it, when you're using electricity and everyone else does. And, uh, and I think to myself, well, that's crazy because what is the biggest energy electricity use that we have here? Our air conditioning. Yeah. When do we use that? All at the same time. It's not like <laughs> right. I'm going to save that till 3 a.m. to use. <laughs> yeah. I need it and I need it now. So that time of use is another way for them to get more money from all of us um, by charging us more at peak times. So that's they've switched that over as of January 1st. So yeah, I'm, wow. I'm, it's it you know it's not a gloom and doom thing, but it's pretty serious from all the things that are going on. I mean, if there, if there was ever a time where things are difficult. As far as people's wallets, it, it really is now yeah. between, um, I mean, I think we have the highest inflation we've had since the 80s, mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah. So my biggest my biggest focus uh, for this podcast, one, is for people to get to know me, and I'm kind of quirky, as you can tell. <laughs> Got some crazy stories. You're a very good talker. I love it. <laughs> I don't have to do much work. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I love people. I, you know, there's nothing more fun for me than getting to know a family. I just uh, helped a family with solar in Lake Wales. They have four small children. He sells mattresses. Uh, just they're just an interesting, cute family. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to get to know them, and nothing excites me more to be able to sit down with them. And it was his birthday, and I got a nice warm slice of banana bread because nice. that's his favorite. So things like that are really fun. But at the end of the day. I want to make sure that it makes sense and that people have all of the information. And my job is to tell you, no, there are times, you know, when you're 86 years old and your electric bill is a hundred dollars right. that, you know, this prob and you know, you have no children to leave your home to, mm. et cetera. This might not make not sense. Be a good fit. Yeah. Um, you know, but I never, you never know. I mean, I have another lady who's 89 and the idea for her to be able to do something that she can leave a legacy for to the planet, to her children, whom she's leaving the house to, who won't have an electric bill when she's gone. That was very important to her. And, you know, that's an ex that's a nice way to leave something to your children that, uh, you know, they can't go and buy a sports car with. You know what I mean? You've paid their electricity for the next 30 years, yeah, you know? absolutely. So, so for her, that was a cool thing. So there, it's all about getting to know what drives a person but um, at the end of the day, we work hard for our money. We should be able, to be able to be in control of it, A, and B, be able to know where it's going, and C, do something good for the planet and for each other. I mean, goodness. That, yeah. You know. But there's plenty of people who do not care about the planet, do not believe in global warming. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose if polar bears were dying on our front lawn, mm -hmm. we would be more concerned. But um, Right here in Florida. Right? It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, indeed... 
you know, I have my theories about that condo south of us that went, that I, I'm sure A, that the rules for building condos back in the day weren't as strong as they are now, and B, the water has has moved in inland. So yeah. I'm sure that made the ground less stable. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure we're going to see more of that as, as the um, tides and the water raises. Yeah, yeah. We're a big peninsula after yeah, all. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think we've covered. Did I run out of time? No, you're not out of time. <laughs> we can keep going. This is your ball game. I told you that. We can absolutely keep going. I think it's it's such a fascinating topic, and it's hard to believe how long solar has been around and how long it's taken even to get to this point. Do you not think? I mean, think about the trajectory of your example of the iPhone. Right. And think, of, I mean, that was what, I don't know, I'm probably aging myself, but 10, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. And we're talking solar is like, what, 40, 50 years has been around? Well, and, you know, solar was something that if you believed in it, you would have it on your home, but good luck selling that home because yeah. nobody would want that. Right. A, B, you had to pay for that all yourself Correct. because there were no, no programs, no yeah. any of that. There was no one that would service it either, so you were kind of like a scientist unto yourself. Yeah. But it's not complicated. At the end of the day, solar is not complicated. You need those panels to be able to collect the sun's rays. You need a, a inverter to switch those rays into usable electricity. You know, yes. It's electricity, and you don't want to be messing with that yourself. But yes, it's been around a long, long time. Um, but what has uh, happened, I guess, is the does you know the need for it. And I think California was the starting point of that. I mean, when there are rolling brownouts and blackouts, mm -hmm. you have to do something, right? You know, and and we are uh, resistant to change as human beings, <laughs> generally speaking. And the monopolies are big. I mean, you think about think about what happened with Ma Bell. And this is why I think so electricity is scary to me because when Ma Bell was deregulated, I remember that when, and I was actually out trying to sell voice over IP phones back in the day. Yeah. And I remember people were like, oh my gosh, I can't get rid of my landline. How will the emergency <laughs> people find me? I mean, that was true. I mean, it was a lot to get people to get rid of their landline phones. No one has a landline phone anymore. No. I mean, unless you're, I mean, you get it because it's part of a package. Right. And, like, what's the number? Right. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> only, only spam calls call yeah, on that phone. Exactly. So, but it took a lot. But what was interesting when the monopoly ended is I don't think the federal government really saw the amount of money that they were going to lose when it got deregulated. Mm. I think they're smartened up. And <laughs> I think that um, Next Era Energy, for example, if you dig into that company, they're very politically attached. So um, it would make sense to keep the ability for homeowners not to have, con have a choice so that the federal government can keep their hands in mm -hmm. electricity. And that's not, that's not what we're about. Monopolies have to go, and they all do eventually. Right. And it's time for electricity. In many, many, many states, you have a choice of who you get your electricity from. But look what happened in Texas this past winter. They had uh, windmills. And they didn't realize, I don't know if anybody knows, knows this, but if you dig in there, um, a lot of people, the utility that had the windmills, the utility companies, they asked people to opt in with their smart thermostats, you know, to get a discount, et cetera, we'll keep track of that. So when the windmill stopped working because no one thought it would get cold enough, so they stopped working when they froze, um, they had the ability to manipulate people's thermostats. Oh, my goodness. And they were doing that, turning that down because they were having blackouts and brownouts, and then people were getting $1,000 electric bills. So it's, 
it's that control, 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 and um, we see it. We see it here in Florida. I mean, there is a there is a bill right now to stop net metering. Right now, your relationship with getting your electricity when you send 25 kilowatts back to the grid, your 25 kilowatts come back to you. Um, the monopoly wants to get rid of that completely. That didn't happen, but there's a bill that the governor could sign that would make it so that if you send out 25, maybe you get 12 back in credits. What? So, um, you know, we're, we're good and all those things change, but the monopolies have a lot of money. So yeah. they, you know, they've got to figure out how to stop the... All their all their expenses are going up as well. So if we can slow down the solar industry by throwing some money to the politicians to get them to put bills out to stop some of these things, it doesn't work. It never works in any state. But it's all of these things designed to figure out how to keep their money and to keep their stuff going because they have to show a profit because they have shareholders and all that that goes on with the PUC and yeah. et cetera. So. So yeah, it's a crazy industry, and that there's a lot. That's why I tr try very hard to encourage folks to um, spend some time, get to really know it. You know, I'm not an expert on everything, and I'm I don't even play an expert on everything on TV. I but but I, so I when there's something I want to know, I want to go to an expert. I want to talk to somebody who knows all the particulars about mm -hmm. it. So when you're going to look at solar, talk with someone who really understands all the dynamics of it, so that you know and can trust the fact that. Because um, solar is terrific. I mean, I can't tell you how many people. I got a call last week. A customer said to me, "Something's wrong with my Duke bill." So what's wrong? He said it says three hundred and eighty-two dollars. And I said, "Send it to me." And he, I said, "You see that little minus in front of the three hundred eighty-two dollars? They owe you three hundred eighty-two dollars." He's like, "What?" I said, "Yes, you made more electricity than you used last year, and they owe you three hundred eighty-two dollars." He's like. Oh, okay, and they calmed right down. But yeah. you know, it's getting people to understand the dynamics of that and, and educate mm -hmm. them, and that's why you've got to talk to an energy expert. Okay, so can do you want to put out your information sure, as, sure, an, sure. as the energy expert? Because sure, sure, sure. I feel like I would be putting myself in good hands if I were talking to you. <laughs> well, so. I, well, you thought your electricity was going to be covered when the when the power is out. Well, that was well. We were getting quotes. That was prior to but we asked gotcha. we asked a lot of questions and yeah i got got some answers so. yeah no they're out there for yeah. sure so so yeah so i'm uh andrea ribeiro i work for uh legacy power my uh work number is 727-487-2894 and you can text and call me never too early too awesome. late or too often do you want to give your email as well it's, or yeah yeah well you're gonna have to spell it all out. Spell it out so it's my first name and my last name which is really exciting so it's a n d as in David, R-E-A, and I'll spell my last name in the funny way that I can do it, which is R as in Robert, I as in Indigo, B as in Boy, E as in Edward, I as in Indigo, R as in Robert, and O as in Oh No. So <laughs> at? At lgcypower.com. Awesome. So, so yeah, I hope it was entertaining. Um, Me too. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. If it I can't was be fun, If it can't be fun, why do it? That's sort of my thing. But, <laughs> but also, as a last piece that I didn't really say, is that I really feel like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I I've, um, was in the military. I've gone on mission trips to Peru. Um, I have 
Yeah, I did a campaign with L.O. Bean where I got them to donate a thousand backpacks to give to children in, in Africa because mm -hmm. they didn't have any way to get their books back and forth from school. So I've done some interesting things. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, what's this chapter going to look like? And I don't need to have my name on the side of a building. I don't need a bench for people to sit on with my name on it. But, you know, I really feel like solar is a way. Every home that goes solar that I have, I mean, I did... I've done uh, half a million um, kilowatts of electricity last year. Wow. And I think about how much impact that has on the environment, on, on all the trees that equivalent and all the carbon dioxide out of the air and all mm. of that, that, it, you know, I feel like I've, I will leave the planet. You know, I've always said I'm going to skate into my last day with 50 cents in my pocket <laughs> if I could figure that out. Um, but I've also left leaving it better than I found it. And that's yeah. always my goal with whatever I do is to try to leave either the customer or, you know, things better than I found it. That's why I don't borrow tools and things from people very often because yeah. you know, I try to make them better than I get them. So, Well, I but, love yeah. it. That was a perfect, yeah. perfect ending. I'm glad you uh, threw that last part in. It's important. It's, uh, it's fun. Yes. Sure. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you guys very All much. Right. It was really, really fun. Peace out, podcast.